Radio Mano Papachango. Chris here. This week's episode is a conversation with a dude who has been walking the Pacific Crest Trail since April. And uh, actually, I just saw on his Instagram account that he's come to the end of it just in the last couple of days. He's reached the Canadian border. And uh, so he's probably on his way home. And I thought I better release this. I, I met him in Oregon a couple of weeks ago and uh, recorded this conversation, but I wanted to release it as part of the celebration of Nathaniel Farmer reaching the end of the trail. And uh, Nathaniel, congratulations, buddy. It's an honor to have uh, had a chance to chat with you on the way. I hope you and your dog and your girlfriend and your friends in uh, Missouri, I think it is, are all having a great time and uh, that you are the hero. You certainly deserve to be a hero, man. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Anyway, uh, Nathaniel Farmer, very cool guy, very great accomplishment. Uh, excellent, excellent thing to to have been involved with, even just per, peripherally, peripherally, peripherally. Um, that's about it. I'm not going to read poetry or do any big intro this week. Um, I want to get back to working on the book and I'm sure you listen to enough of my bullshit every other week. So, uh, I'll give you a break this time. One thing I did want to say was please, uh, don't sign up for any premium, uh, accounts with Libsyn. Uh, I see some people are still signing up for that. I'm phasing that out because I no longer charge for anything. I was charging for the Toma podcast, trying to monetize, you know, trying all these different approaches as most podcasters are, trying to figure out how to make something like a living, even a part of a living from this thing. Um, but then uh, when Danny Osmond set up Fund What You Love, uh, I uh, switched everything over to that and decided to just make everything on a donation basis and not charge for anything. So please don't feel you have to um, support the podcast monetarily at all if you can't afford it. But if you do want to do it, uh, there are much better ways to do it where I get more than half the money. With Libsyn, they keep half the money just for processing your credit card, which doesn't seem like a very good deal. So I'm um, phasing that out. If you want to support the podcast, the best way to do it is fundwhatyoulove.com. Uh, they uh, process your payments once a month. So if you want to donate a buck a month or five bucks a month or whatever you can afford, that way I sort of see I have a steady budget for this thing. The other way to do it is through amazon.com, of course. If you already have an account at Amazon uh, and you go through my affiliate link at chrisryanphd.com, uh, 5-6% of whatever you spend uh, will come to support the podcast, which is pretty cool. Just in the last couple of days, uh, let's see, what do we have here? Somebody bought some Philips DR2 Xenon headlight bulbs. 
which is very cool. 35 bucks. We get two, almost 250 for those. Come to the podcast. Very nice. People are buying books. Uh, Desert Solitaire, Edward Abbey, fantastic book. Um, oh, what's this? Classic Erotica Body Boudoir Coochie Rash. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, this is Classic Erotica Body Boudoir Coochie Rash Free Body Shave Cream. 16 ounce pump bottle. Costs thirteen ninety two, and we get six and a half percent of that, which is ninety cents. That, my friends, is uh, an interesting thing to buy on Amazon. Get your coochie rash free body shave cream. Uh, what else do we have here? Somebody bought a camera. Wow, nice camera. Look at that. Sony Cybershot DSC RX one hundred twenty megapixel digital still camera. Thank you, whoever. Whoever remembered to buy that through the Amazon affiliate link, that's 37 bucks uh, that comes to support the podcast. So that's fantastic. If you're going to buy something like that anyway, you know, and you don't have your own affiliate link or someone else, uh, why not throw that toward us? Uh, what else do we have? Um, you know, some cables, some groceries, organic raw tiger nuts. 12 ounce package of that i have no idea what tiger nuts are or how they're harvested but uh that's very cool uh optimum nutrition 100 percent whey gold standard double rich chocolate 10 pound bags wow that's serious and it looks like somebody bought um a household garbage disposal on amazon for 315 bucks and 20 bucks goes to the podcast. So that can add up. That's a, a pretty cool way of supporting the podcast. Doesn't cost you anything extra. It just takes a little money from Amazon, um, which, um, yeah, great. Hey, thank you, Amazon. And thank you to everybody who remembers to do that. Very cool. Um, anyway, this is Nathaniel uh, Farmer. Got some really good episodes coming up here as we head into the fall. Uh, Nathaniel Farmer, as I said, hiked the whole distance from Mexico to Canada all along the mountains. Very, very cool thing to do. I, I would love to do something like that. Um, but uh, and then Justin, if you want to anticipate next week's episode, um, you can follow Adventures of Justin on Instagram. And you can see some of the photographs that this guy takes. Uh, Justin Alexander, beautiful photographs. I don't know how he does it because a lot of them he's alone. So he's just set up the camera and he's got a timer. But he gets some of the most beautiful photographs that look like they're, you know, professionally arranged and, and you know, everything it looks like a goddamn Marlboro commercial. He's cruising around the United States on a motorcycle, um, mostly by himself and uh camping under the stars really interesting guy been traveling all around the world so he's going to be uh, next week and then the week after that uh unless you know something comes up is going to be um colin from man-made lake who drove down here from victoria bc a couple of weeks ago and played some music and um talked about being in a band and playing in china and 
his whole long and winding road that he's been on. That's also a really uh, great conversation. Uh, I enjoyed that so much. So a lot of good stuff coming your way. And uh, just this morning, I did an interview with a guy named Roger Nygaard, who's um, an editor and director of documentaries, TV shows. He he edited three seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So we talk about working with Larry David and uh, how he got into directing documentaries. He's done documentaries on uh, uh, existentialism, on UFOs, on uh, uh, car salesmen, all sorts of interesting stuff. He just sort of does whatever he wants to do and travels all around the world and has a really interesting life. He's up here in Portland this weekend at a a polyamorous wedding um, uh, with like fairies or something uh, uh, like like gothic or not gothic. What's the word? Like the sort of medieval um, Renaissance type people. So he's out there interviewing them and uh, getting putting together material for his upcoming film, which is called The Truth About Marriage. And that's how I met him. He interviewed me for that, and we sort of became friends. And so we uh, recorded a podcast this morning. So that's coming, too. All sorts of interesting stuff coming your way. So thank you for uh, joining us and listening in on these conversations. And uh hope you're having a great time wherever you are. Thank you for your emails. Always cool to hear from people who are enjoying the podcast or helping, you know, these conversations, helping you through a difficult time or... Um, uh, even if it's just a boring time at work, it's always always great to hear that this has some positive effect as it ripples out into the world. Thanks for tuning in. Hope everything's going great for you. This song is called Find Your Way. Seemed appropriate. It's by friend of the podcast, Joel Havea. Check it out. Said, I'm not the kind of man who's gonna lead you by the hand I know you will find your way, might even thank me someday I said, but please before I go Tell me a few things I should know He smiled and said, love until you turn in And never stop learning Laugh a little louder Jumping where it's deep You're gonna have your hard times Just take them in your stride And it'll be okay I'm sure you'll find your way I said But how am I supposed to know Which is the right way to go Scares me to think that I might just watch it all go by He grinned and said, you will pull through Remember what I just told you Oh, love until it's hurting I never stop learning Laugh a little louder And jump in where it's deep You're gonna have your hard time just take a me your stride And it'll be okay I'm sure you'll find your way
Government Camp, Oregon. Pretty cool name for a town, Government Camp. <laughs> Weird name for a town, really. Uh, I'm with Nathaniel Farmer, who has been uh, humping his ass up the Pacific Crest Trail for how long now? Uh, since April 22nd. Yeah, I flew out April 21st into San Diego and started on the 22nd. April 22nd, and today, <laughs> now it's August, so it's May, June, July. It's like four months you've been on the trail. Yeah. I, mean, you, I know you took a break in San Francisco. I saw some pictures yeah. on your Instagram. That yeah, my nice. girlfriend flew out and actually uh, proposed to her. Oh, really? I, yeah, I took her up Sonora Pass at like 10,000 feet, and that was pretty pretty awesome. And so she said, no, you could push her off or something? <laughs> she said, are you serious? Because she didn't know if I was being serious or what because <laughs> i made the mistake of reading this book called sex at dawn oh don't do and then it right before i left i was like marriage is really stupid and then <laughs> baby yeah and then uh and then yeah i just came out here and it felt i mean we've been together for seven years kind of high school sweethearts so right you know wow all right and so the the sort of high altitude low oxygen uh, helped yeah. your cause you figure yeah it made her super queasy she didn't really know where she was she said sure yeah. sure sure and who are you what's your name uh wow okay well congratulations what's your girlfriend's name uh erica erica yeah congratulations erica i assume she'll listen to this yeah i think she'll probably find time in her busy schedule <laughs> All right. So speaking of busy schedules, you started in uh, four months ago. Yeah. Uh, where did you start? Uh, Campo, California. It's like you could throw a rock from the trailhead to like over the border to Mexico. Oh, so, so. you're right down there at the at Yeah. The I made, the, I kind of regret not, I saw some hikers go touch the wall, the, like the border <laughs> fence. I didn't do that, but I started from the, you know. The Dude, yeah, so. I mean, you can always lie and say you did it. Who yeah. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm going to I'm going to lie and say I hiked the whole fucking trail, you know, after talking to you. <laughs> just take a couple pictures, you know. Exactly. Well, I'll just steal yours from your Instagram account, which is Growth Plate. Yeah. While we're talking about these things, uh Growth Plate and uh Nathaniel's trail name is Cardboard. Why is it Cardboard? Uh I set up a cardboard hut in the desert cuz we're taking a midday break and uh I just set up the hut, all the shade was taken, you know. And people like we're. I was in the kickoff bubble because everyone starts around the end of April. Oh, so there was okay. tons of people coming down there, and my friends just started calling me cardboard. 
the story was... So people start from the south in April, and then people are going the other direction, Yeah, and ever since I've been in Oregon, you usually see a couple a day. And they start, they say June 15th. That's when they start in north. That's yeah, you know, like in Washington State. Yeah, and that's a lot harder for several reasons. You're facing the sun all day because it's ah, south of you. Right. You got more snow in the beginning. You're starting in Washington, which is like pretty rough terrain. Ah. So, yeah. All right. So, what? Why'd you do this? What? What? <laughs> that's a really good question. That <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people out here for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. And I don't think the majority of people really know why they're out here. Mm. But I think it's kind of part of a, I don't know. I think it gives you a lot of time to think about, right. you know, whatever. But And have you, is this something you've wanted to do for a long time? Or, or? Not a super long time. I started planning, pro- I, yeah, I started planning probably six months before I left. Um, that's when I, I knew I was going to do the PCT. And I did, and you know, everyone's heard of the Appalachian Trail for the most part. But I wanted to come out west just because it's kind of... I hiked the Ozark Trail in Missouri because I'm from St. Louis. Uh-huh. And uh, I just wanted, like, a different landscape, you know, like the Wild West. Had you been to the West before? I've never really been to the West Coast. I mean, uh-huh. I've taken trips out to Denver, so I kind of knew, you know, I've been in the mountains and stuff. Right. But Rocky Mountain National Park and stuff. But, yeah, this is the first time out west. So uh-huh. now when people ask me... If I've been to California, I can, you know, before it was no, now I can be like, yeah, I've definitely, fuck yeah, definitely experienced it, you know. <laughs> I walked the length of California. Yeah, and well, yeah. and it's the trail is like th- through California, it's like seventeen hundred miles, but I think by crow, like so the way the crow flies, just straight line from the beginning to the end, it's only like I'm. I don't know the exact number, but it's only like 1,100 miles. Mm. But because of all the switchbacks and ups and downs, the whole trail is 2,650 miles long, 2,650 miles long. Wow. Yeah. So it's like you just, you know. And I know you do like a big uh, semicircle around Mount Shasta. Right. And that's just, I mean, you're going, you go east for two days or three days and then north and then cut back west. And, wow. Yeah. So what do you, uh, like miles per day, what's an average, 15, 20? Or? No, well, now it's been, in the beginning it was like around 20 and then kicked it up to 25. And Oregon's pretty easy going. Um, and I was keeping up with a guy who was doing Oregon in two weeks. And we did a 40-mile day and a 37 and a half and two 32s and a two 35s and just a couple of days ago my body was like enough is enough i felt like nauseated for half the day mm. you know and just wasn't and i di- i just wanted to push myself once on the trip to see you know how many miles i could do until my body was like enough is enough you know? how heavy is your pack uh it's like it bounces but with because you have, you know, different amounts of food and water, but anywhere from like 30 to 40 pounds probably, maybe upper 20s when I'm going into town. So you have a tent and everything in there? Yeah, my tent weighs like two pounds, my sleeping bag's two pounds, you know. And you have a, is it a down uh, Yeah, 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 that was super expensive, unfortunately. (laughs) The one item I really like. It was the, just the one I could find that I liked. Yeah. I thought it was worth the money. Well, it is, man. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, it got, eight, it. it got, before Big Bear, it got 18, it got down to 18 degrees in the desert <laughs> at night. Yeah. And uh, I was like the only one that stayed warm. So it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a good place to skimp. You're yeah. going to be sleeping in that bitch for, for five months. <laughs> yeah. 
you want to, you know, the puffiest, warmest, sweetest bag you can get. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've i spent a lot of time living in tents in Alaska and, and hitchhiking and stuff. I've never done a hike like what you're on, but uh, definitely spent time in sleeping bags and yeah. tents. And I, I loved it. I mean... I still love it. I, we were living in, in L.A. a couple of years ago. We set up the tent in the living room of this apartment and <laughs> we slept yeah. in it every night. You know, People would come over like, what the fuck? You got a tent in your yeah. living room? Like, I just like being in that It feels small. nice and cozy. Yeah, it's cozy. You, you can zip it up and feel like, you know, even if there are spiders in your apartment, they're not getting in your sleeping bag. Yeah. And there's something like primordial about crawling into a small mm-hmm. space and sleeping there. Yeah. I love it. And luckily my wife does too. So, you know, because <laughs> nice. that'd be a deal breaker. If I was married to a woman, she'd like, you're crazy sleeping Sleep- in a tent. I'd yeah. be like, bitch, that's a divorce. <laughs> right there. Grounds for divorce. You got to like my crazy. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> uh, cowboy camped before? What's that? Just under the stars. Uh, some, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a lot, honestly. I, well, I sleep, I, I don't mind doing it. I'm not really uh, scared of snakes or bugs, but it's just, uh, I sleep better in a tent. So I tend Well, to- that's, yeah, me too. It's like if I'm out in the open like that, I'm sort of always conscious of yeah. his, what I'm always waking up at night yeah. and looking up, like, yeah. you know, looking around. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you'd get used to it pretty quickly yeah. you know, if you were an actual cowboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've never been mistaken for a cowboy. I can't even like rock cowboy boots without no. looking like an idiot. Yeah, yeah there's so. no way. You should you should own your own ranch if you if you're wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. Yeah, but even even if you do, I still think the whole cowboy thing is like a silly uh, Halloween costume. Yeah, you know, like okay, you live in Houston, so you're gonna wear boots and a hat. Like, give me a fucking break, <laughs> dipshit. Yeah, you know, like. You know, like if I dress up like an Indian and walk around in a loincloth and moccasins, you, people are going to think I'm crazy. But yeah. if you do the cowboy thing, they just think you're from And Houston. you're in Texas. It's like, hell yeah, you know. Yeah, right. I need this hat. Yeah. You know, for what? You know, big fucking head. Anyway, let's not let's not get into Texas. I'll just get in trouble. I love Austin. Yeah, me too. But this the was, rest of Texas. This was the first winter that I didn't go down to Austin to escape the Midwest. Ah, because it's like a BMX mecca, and I grew up riding BMX. So. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, so how old are you? If, 24. 24. Yep. 24 years old, and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to spend five months walking partly alone. I mean, I guess yeah. you're doing it alone, but you meet people on the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, la- a few nights ago was actually the first night. Well, I guess there's been a couple nights now where I thought I was camping alone, and then I pack up my stuff real early in the morning and walk, like, 50 yards down the trail. <laughs> and then I see, like, other people's tents, and I'm like, oh, shit. I still haven't camped alone, you know? Yeah. So. Well, if you think you're alone, you are. I mean, yeah. you know. Because, I mean, what's it really mean to be alone, right? True. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, you, you, you leave in April. Now, we never really answered the question why you're doing this, uh, but it... Uh, maybe there isn't an answer you just felt like doing it yeah like i i think it's i've been thinking about that a decent amount and i just think there's so many reasons why people do it and i really i don't know why you're not running from the law no it seems like though the more i'm a mechanical designer uh i just just went to school and got like a two-year tech degree and got a nice job you know and it seems like the more time i spent confined in a cubicle 
the more I want to just like walk through the woods and I enjoy just like mm. walking my dog every day, you know. Yeah. It's just like the more time I spend in a cubicle, it seems like the more I want to be outside. And you don't have a dog with you. No, no. no. Okay, he's, he's back, back at home. At home right? I can't wait to see him. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet he'd, he'd love to be on a hike like this. Yeah, I take him for weekend trips. He's got a little backpack and stuff. Uh, what kind of dog? Uh, Pitbull, Blue Healer mix. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right, so you're, you're, so did you quit the job? Or? Yeah, I asked if there was like a you know, leave of absence I could take, and they were like, uh, no, not really. <laughs> not five but months, I mean, you I crazy had, fuck. I had my boss's boss's boss you know, tell me like, if you need a job. Uh, you know, you can probably find you one, but right. I don't want to be in the Midwest for too much longer. It's a little behind the times. I hear you. And I think it's good to live other places. I hear that. Although I met some guys the other night, really cool dudes mm-hmm. who are uh, based in Provo. Or not Provo, um, Fargo. Fargo. Oh, Fargo, South Dakota? Yeah. Or North Dakota? North Dakota. Dakota. I okay. think it's North Dakota. And they said that it's this. it's a really cool town. Yeah. Like, you know, and the one guy's from New York and he was going on a train with his wife and, you know, he it, it's a whole story that they started a company called Misfit. Google them. They're cool. Um, anyway, I met these guys, you know, they listen to the podcast, whatever, went out for a drink, ended up like spending the whole night getting drunk and talking. And, and this guy's story, AJ was his name. His story was that he was like an investment banker or something on Wall Street, uh-huh. pulling down serious money, like to... 250 grand a year right at your age oh my god and you know it's like you're nuts you're you're making that kind of money you're 24 years old you're spending it all you're like living in a fancy place you're gonna lose your mind (laughs) right so he's going through all that and then he decides to marry his love of his life Uh and his boss is basically like okay well congratulations but you got to be back at work on monday because we can't spare you for a week oh my and like you know no honeymoon so the dude's like you know what? I'm really good at something I hate, which makes me hate myself. Yeah. And I'm trapped because they're giving me all this money. Yeah. And fuck this. I want to quit right now. And then he's like, well, but if I stayed three more days, because this was like December 30th or something. And he's like, if I stay three more days, that $50,000 bonus, like maybe I should stay because I'll have. And then he's like, if I don't quit right now, like in the next five minutes, I'll never quit. So he goes to the boss, he says, fuck you, and he quits. God, that's so badass, man. Badass. And he's got no money saved, right? Because he's been spending yeah. more than he's been making. And he's like 24 years old. He's like, just quit this job. And the, and the boss is like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck you. You'll never work in this town again. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. And he and his wife, like, fuck it. They get married, and they get on the train, and they're going across the country. And the train goes through Fargo. And they had seen that Coen Brothers movie, and oh, they're like, "It's called Fargo, right?" Yeah, I just watched that. For That's the a first great time. movie. I lo- yeah, yeah, I loved it, man. Yeah, and there's also a really good TV series, actually. That uh, the Coen Brothers weren't involved with it, but uh-huh. they used the sort of the same characters, and Billy Bob Thornton is in it. Oh, it's shit. really good. Check it out. It's worth it's worth watching. Um, but anyway, so they're like, oh, Fargo, that movie was great. Let's just like, for a joke, let's just like spend a night here, you know, like yeah. we get off the train. So they got off and like, they ended up spending like two weeks there and they met all these great people and it's like, fuck, there are all these artists and creative people yeah. and it's like apparently a really badass little town. Probably has like a real sense of community. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. So like all the cool people for, you know, a thousand square miles are in Fargo. Yeah. Anyway, so why are we talking about that? I, you know, the Midwest, I, that, oh, that, yeah. that there are little like these the little, terms. little nuclei yeah. of coolness. Yeah, I mean, even within up. the city of St. Louis, you have like little spots where, you know, this street's really awesome and has all these right. cool spots to go to, so... I think it would be good, though, to be in a town like that so you don't have to deal with all the other shit of the city, you know, yeah. all the crime. St. Louis is kind of rough. From Yeah, I, I mean, worked like 10 minutes away from all the Ferguson stuff going right. on, and now it's going, it's going on, on again. It's going on again, yeah. yeah. Now, how do you know that? Why are you tuned in? Aren't you <laughs> I supposed know, to right? be tuned out? Well, I've been here for like, I haven't, so we're in northern Oregon right now, and I haven't been like in any form of civilization at all since Ashland. So wow. 25 miles into Oregon. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I, and I just heard about it. And I and then I get on Instagram and I have some friends that, like, are going to the protests. And I have a friend that's trying to get his photojournalism uh, career going. So I'm seeing that he's posting stuff. So. Uh, okay. So social media. Now, when yeah. you're out there, like, how's the coverage? I have Sprint. Um so it's a little not good <laughs> at all. <laughs> and like a lot of little towns in Northern California, I didn't even have service when I was in the town. Right. I mean, they were tiny, you know, up in the mountains, but yeah, it, it's not so hot. And yeah. then usually the Wi-Fi, you know, in one town I didn't have service and the Wi-Fi got taken out by a fire or lightning or something. So it's pretty sparse, but it's nice, you know, like there's a guy yeah. here that did it in 06 and uh, he said that he really enjoyed, you know, just the total disconnect, which you don't really get a ton anymore. Well, I've talked about that um, in terms of like when I started traveling big time in your in Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no internet, yeah, yeah. and and that was a feeling of disconnection that at the time was kind of a hassle, I guess, because I can remember thinking like, you know. There, some a, a nuclear bomb could go off, and I wouldn't know about it for two or three days. Yeah. In some of the places I was in, um, but now I look back on it and, and I see it as this incredible luxury. You took it for granted because you didn't know everyone was going to have you know iPhones rolling or computers in their pockets. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I kind of feel like the guy you were talking to. It's like yeah, you know, young people doing shit now. It's like yeah, okay, you're in India, but it's not the India I was in. Yeah. You know, it's not. You're getting texts from your mother, you know, like (laughs) my my mother didn't know where the fuck I was for the months. Yeah. Poor woman. And I mean, for the PCT, there's apps that you can use that even when your phone's on airplane mode, it uses your GPS coordinates and you know exactly where you are on the trail and you know there's exact water in a, a mile and a half. And hikers can even leave comments that says, you know, spring all dried up. So it's Uh, like, it's completely different than it was like four or five years ago when you didn't have that option. And I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I think two or three years ago, the app started. Right. So do you have any idea how many people do this trail? I think this year because of Wild, the book and the the movie, especially coming out, um, I think I heard like 3,000. And they do the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Well, a lot of, I know a lot of people have dropped out. Like I've heard everything from 10% to 30% only f- finish the trail. You right. Know? Get a, I mean, it's just so much time. It's such a big commitment that anything yeah. could happen. You know? So have you seen like, what's some weird shit that you've seen? Have you seen like people get really hurt or? Uh, like- I know going down a pass in the Sierras, a girl, I just saw a picture of it, but I heard about it um, when we were in the Sierras and a girl got air evac out cause she, fell on the snow and hit her head 
Mm. Um, that's the only, and then there was just south of Lake Tahoe, there was some fires and people just hitched around them. Yeah, right. Um, but, for, and I haven't seen one bear yet since really? Mexico. I've seen a mountain lion. I looked oh, into wow. the eyes of a mountain lion. It was like 1230 at night. And, uh, I just woke up to like, it sounded like something coughing up a hairball and I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck, you know? And I, there was this girl like 20, 30 yards away in her tent. And I was, I thought it was, you know, important enough to be like, Hey, do you hear that? And she's like, no. Cause as soon as I said that it stopped and that's what woke her up. And I get out of my tent with my headlamp and we're up on this real steep ridge and I look down with my headlamp and like I could have threw a rock and I just see these two huge yellowish greenish eyes. And you could tell they were like, you know, low to the ground, close together like a predator. And then the next uh, the next morning and I just stood there until it, the eyes disappeared. And then 10 minutes later, I was asleep. <laughs> but the next morning, a Forest Service uh, ranger gave us a hitch into town. And he said, if they're yellowish green, that could only be a mountain lion. So. And it definitely got my heart rate going, you know, definitely bumped it up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. There, I saw a black bear uh, right around here a couple of weeks ago. Cassie and I were up on Mount Hood. Damn. Yeah, came around a corner. I was like, that's a big fucking dog. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's not a dog with that big round black head. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um so you, you haven't heard of anyone getting attacked by animals or... No, you know, I, I know a guy was cowboy camping and he got licked by a deer. He got woken <laughs> up by a, a deer licking the salt off of his sweaty face. And he, he said <laughs> he was camp, he was camp, cowboy camping next to a girl and he thought it was her. Oh, yeah. And he was like, you know, he was thinking like, damn, girl, slow down. All like, right, baby. <laughs> but he opened his eyes. Yeah, and you got a long tongue. And it was like a beefy military dude. And I believe him. He said he let him, he thought it was funny. He let it lick him for a second until it started stepping on him. Then he <laughs> shoot it away. But yeah, uh, it made out with a deer. All right. Deer, deer are cute. Well, it's funny. We saw like the, in Northern California, we see pregnant deer one week. And then it seemed like the next week you see these little fawns running around. All right. And, you know, just as young as could be. And then we, as soon as we get uh, dropped off out of a town, we see a little bitty just deer leg. I think I posted it onto my Instagram account. I saw that. Just the deer yeah. leg across the trail. And you could tell it was a baby. And you know a mountain lion or something that just... Just chowed down. Chow- oh, my yeah. God. It'd yeah, I remember the, the fur was still on it and everything. Yeah, it was, yeah. and it was just the leg. Like, it was pretty clean cut. Like you know? a deer wing. So, yeah, yeah, it just had to, I mean, it just had to rip into it for its leg to pop off, you know? Yeah, it's rough. It's rough out there. <laughs> Nature. Um, so, uh, okay, so you got another, like, what, another month? Yeah, yeah, another month. I should be done, like, the maybe the first week of September probably the second right and is it like uh we were talking on the on the ride up here about the camino de santiago in yeah. spain you know where like villages along the path are used to people coming through and yeah all is is there that sort of feeling of pilgrimage um in the beginning more so just because everyone's kind of starting off if you start when i started everyone starts off there's a big like kickoff event 20 miles from the border and uh, so it's like for the first couple of weeks, you're seeing people around every corner, you know. Yeah. And uh, we got to the town of Wrightwood, California, like a little ski town. And we all got held up because of snow and everyone had to go to the town. And it's like 
you didn't see anyone but hikers. Hikers just took over the town. Wow. But now it's like, you know, I spent the last two days hiking by myself and you see a couple southbounders now that we're in Oregon, but for the most part it's like it's we're getting sparse, you know. So what's the longest you've gone without seeing anybody? Um I mean not that long. Like a not even a day really. Like oh. you'll all, or you might go, you know, by a forest service campground or you see day hikers or... Are there cops along the trail or any sort of law There's been... Um, so this year was the first year you had to sign up for a PCT permit, I guess, because they knew there was going to be a lot more uh, this year than usual. And they have, like, forest service people a few times. It's, Oregon's been the worst, surprisingly. Checking um, the permit? Yeah, of, like, rangers just walking down the trail and then checking the permit. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So, like, if worst case scenario, you fall, break your leg, whatever, you got no phone coverage, you're just going to stay there for a, well, a day? Well, bless, bless my mom's heart. She uh, she was like, are you buying one of those personal locating beacons? And I was like, they're like 250 bucks. They weigh this much, even though it's not much, you know, to save your life. And uh, I was like, I'm not going to buy one. She's like, well, I'll buy you one, you know. So I have I have that. So oh, okay. flip so, the little antenna up and hit the button and hopefully the chopper comes. Oh, really? That's how it works. So yeah. it's, it's, you send out a distress signal. Yeah. You just hit the one button and, you know, hopefully they show up. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, so what, I, I mean, what's the, what's the thing you would worry most about though? I mean, slipping and breaking your leg? Is that? Um, the thing that I'm always just paranoid about is just like mountain lions and bears at night. Because I've heard stories of people getting stalked by mountain lions. Right. And the way I look at it is a mountain lion is just a big house cat. And what does a house cat do when... And some a lot of people night hike sometimes. Really? Yeah, not a lot. It, more so in the desert when it was really hot. Mm. But that's when I heard a, of a couple people being stalked. And, you know, if there's a house cat and you have a light and you're shining it on the wall, the house cat, you know, plays with the light. Well, you have a headlamp on your head at night walking through the woods what's right. that big house cat gonna do right it's gonna follow you you know right yeah but that's the thing i'm most paranoid about even though it's like you look up oregon bear attacks and it's like there's been five i didn't read up on the other two but the other three were like hunters that shot a bear walked up to it and then you know right. they took a piece out of them or something. and they call that a bear attack yeah and yeah. it's like no that's just yeah. an angry bear you almost you know yeah. it's almost killed yeah yeah it's pretty crazy uh, do you do you like hang your food from a tree at night or you... yeah when you go through the sierras and yosemite especially you have to have a bear canister oh. it's just like a two pound you know container you put your food in and put it away from where you're sleeping right um and you can get like a 150 dollar ticket if you don't have it oh. um when you're in the national parks and then if i'm around people usually pretty much everyone just sleeps with their food in their tent. Really? Because the bear is going to smell you. That's what people say. That's what all the hikers say. It's like, uh-huh. I know most hikers, like, there's a guy I've met out here. He, he's done the AT three times. And he's like, yeah, I use my food as my pillow, you know? And I, yeah. and, but if I'm by myself, I hang my food Don't up. Don't do that in Alaska. Yeah. No, well, well, that's the thing, too. You know, there's no, you don't have to worry about grizzlies. Right. And everyone's bear story out here is the same, you know? I snuck up on a bear kind of on accident, and it saw me and ran, you know, bolted as right. fast as it could. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, black bears aren't looking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to have your food in your tent around grizzlies, though. That's just... <laughs> yeah, I heard, I remember you saying, like, back in the day when you were up in Alaska that you, like, you would just, like, sleep with your... Would you ever hang your food? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, always. It seems like, for some reason, I thought you said you, like... 
just slept with it. Well, I mean, you might be, I remember, I don't know if I, I imagine I've told this story on the podcast somewhere, but um, I worked in this cannery Mm -hmm. and I was living in my tent. So I came home every night stinking like fish because I was gotten fish all day. And it was terrifying. Yeah. But my tent, it was in a town, you know, there were no bears there, whatever. But then me and this other friend decided we were going to go to uh, camp out at Denali and Mount McKinley and all that. And we were hiking in and it was at the end of salmon season Uh and we were hiking in and this ranger came by and, and we were like, uh, you know, he stopped and he's like, yeah, you guys going camp? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, uh, you haven't been working in a cannery, have you? And we're like, yeah, both, both were. How'd you know that? And he's like, well, you know, we get a lot of that. And uh, so were you like sleeping in your tents when you were working there? We're like, yeah. And he's like, you guys realize that a bear could smell you from 20 miles away and you're just, you smell like dinner. Like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I don't know why, how stupid do you need to be? But, uh, yeah, so it wasn't that we would have slept with our food. It's that, you know, we smelled like food and all our stuff smelled like food. And so we were just kind of dumb bear bait. So did you turn around or did you? Yeah, actually, he gave us a ride out. Okay. Because we were like, oh, this is a bad idea, isn't it? He's like, yeah, it's a bad (laughs) idea, guys. (laughs) Like, you should go buy a new sleeping bag, new tent, you know, new clothes. That's terrifying. Yeah. Grizzlies. Well, what's terrifying is how fucking stupid we were. That that's what terrifies me, you know. We were adults. We had plenty of time to think about that. I mean, yeah. we're always thinking about bears in Alaska. Yeah. But why did it not occur to me that everything I owned smelled like salmon? I don't know. And you're in grizzly country. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty dumb. That's scary, man. But uh yeah. So, anyway, okay, so you're 4 months into this. Like, all right, here, the cliche question's coming at you now. Like, what have you learned, man? You know, has this changed your life? I think I'm, I don't know. I think I'm going to, sl- like, maybe slow down and smell the, because it seemed like before, like, you know, working 40 hours a week, work out a little bit, try to ride BMX still, take my dog on a walk every day, worry about dinner, this, that. It's just like, you go, 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 go. And this, like, kind of, it's nice to just slow down and just walk, you know? Yeah. And I think I can hopefully slow down life a little bit after the trail's over, you know? Although you just proposed marriage. Yeah, but I think we're going to stop there. Maybe get another dog at some point, you know? It's like, <laughs> Is she cool with the, the slow living movement? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been together for like seven years and been living together for two. So it's like, yeah, she she's, yeah, she's great. She must be great, like, because, you know, you're living, you're living with her, right? You said, yeah. Yeah. So you're living with someone and you got a long-term relationship and you say, hey, I, I want to go do this thing yeah. on my own and you're not going to see well, me for a few months. She has to finish up school. That was another thing. And it's, yeah, I just didn't want, yeah, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I didn't want to drag her along because I, I mean, before this, I'd just done, you know, a three day backpacking trip and and climbed a 14er in Colorado one of those days. And that was Mm -hmm. like my close. And then I did a couple three days in Missouri on the Ozark Trail. Right. And that was like my closest, you know, to doing this. So I didn't know what I was getting myself into and then to bring her along. Well, and also, I I mean, I, I guess what I was, what I was getting at is that it says to me, it says something really good about your relationship that that you can do something on your own or mm-hmm. she can do something on her own and it's not a problem. It's not a threat. It's not, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
Because I think that's really the key to relationships lasting and being healthy is that so many people think that when you're in a long-term relationship, your part of the deal is that you surrender your own individual identity and your own individual interests and everything has to be shared all the time. And one of the reasons I'm very comfortable with Casilda is that she's so foreign to me yeah you know that there's no way we're gonna have that 100 percent overlap yeah so we don't even try you know yeah. it's like understood that there's certain things i'll never get and about her and she'll never get about me and that's baked into it but i think people come from the same culture yeah can get weird you know like we have to be together all the time and that's yeah i know couples that like they think it's a big deal to spend like more than two days apart and i'm yeah. like what yeah you know just if you can't do that, then yeah. You, you got tell problems. me what you're thinking. Tell me no. Uh, tell me everything. Fuck you. I'm not telling you everything. Yeah. First of all, it bore the fuck out of you. Yeah. Secondly, part of what's in my head is nobody's fucking business. And it, you just would eventually, I would imagine, start to go crazy. Yeah. Know? Yeah. No. Can't. Can't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I traveled with a girlfriend for a while, and then separately for a while, and. It's so different. Yeah. You know, it's so different. You're more, when you're alone too, you're more open to meeting people. That's the main difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Because when you're with someone else, like you're hanging out in your tent, playing cards, whatever, you're, you got your own little society. Yeah. And, but when you're on your own, then yeah, you, you're, you're open to meeting people and spending time, get to know them, you know. Yeah, so tell me about some of the people you've met on the trail. Are they mostly young people like it's, you? Or? It's all, that's... That's kind of what I like about uh, hiking or the doing this is because, like, I come from just, like, you know, riding BMX and it's all, like, you know, white 20-year-olds, you know. And this, it's like you're hanging out with everyone from, like, you know, there's a family doing it this year. The parents did it in 96 and they met. And uh, now they have, like, their 10-year-old daughter and 13-year-old son. And they're going all the way. No shit. Yeah, the Ravens. Um, I think if you do a little bit of Googling, you could probably find them. But, yeah, they're doing it. There's, you know, 60-year-old guys doing it. There was a guy from Israel um, that he, like, he showed me pictures of this house. And, I mean, it's just amazing. He's a woodworker. And his home in Israel, and he was like, I love that house, but I let it go, and it set me free, you know? And, like, mm. he's out here now, and he's just, like, this old dude from Israel, and it's just amazing. He, like, let go his love and, you know, uh, you know, the house, and now he's out here living the dream. Nice. <laughs> living the dream. Sleeping in it on the ground. <laughs> I, was, I was out to the coast a couple of weeks ago, and we stopped to get gas some gas station you know in oregon they pump your gas yeah i heard about that and then i just saw it because this was like the first town since ashland right yeah so you can't pump your own gas so which is always weird to me you know it's anyway so this guy comes out to pump the gas and i say how you doing it's the shitty little town like dirt 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 town and this guy's pumping gas. Anyway, so he, I say, how you doing? He says, oh, you know, living the dream. <laughs> like, that's pretty funny. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was the someone dream. at my job, at my old job that would, I, I would hear him say it like four times a day. And I'm just like, man, you say that an awful lot. It makes yeah. me think you're not living the <laughs> you're, dream. You're living a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so you are living the fucking dream, man. A dream a lot of people have, but uh, then they wake up and they say, oh, no, life's There's too complicated. There's always an excuse. Yeah. 
Yeah. So do you find that the people you're meeting on the trail are... Uh, and what, what I love about traveling is that there's this filtering process, right? Like yeah. the people who say, oh, no, I can't. It's too complicated. Blah, blah, blah. You're not going to meet them on the trail. Yeah. The ones you meet are the ones who are like, fuck, yeah, and they do it. Yeah. Or so it's a whole I different mean, during class. During the beginning, you know, you see the weak ones. You they see they the ones fa- who are going to fall gonna... off. They fall <laughs> off pretty quick. <laughs> you can see it, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what's a giveaway? They're, they're packing like an 80-pound backpack <laughs> full of groceries. Yeah, and sometimes you can just talk to people, and you just get that sense, you know? Yeah. Just like they really don't know what they're getting themselves into. And I, I mean, I even remember the first five miles just being like, or the first whole day, you're just like, you take off from the border, and you're like by yourself, and... You're just like, what in the fuck am I doing? Like, <laughs> it's just, you're like, your mind's racing at that point. Just like, yeah. this is insane. There's yeah. 2,650 miles and I'm on mile four. Right. What, what the fuck, you know? Did you train physically before you did it? Um, no, not really. There, I mean, I, I did like the two weekends before I left because I was working up, you know, trying to save as much money as I could before I left. And uh, the, between two weekends, I got like 40 miles in, mm. you know, and that was about it. Right. You know, but. So what, what's in your backpack? Oh, boy. Uh, I do carry a stove. What kind of pack is it, first off? Uh, Osprey Atmos. Oh, I'm Osprey. actually going to, I'm going to try to put, when I get to Cascade Locks, I want to post a gear list on, uh, on my uh, website. So. Right. Of like all the stuff you carry to, so people can yeah. figure yeah. out. Yeah, it's yeah. not the lightest, but it's. It's comfortable. Right. You know? There's yeah, some people important. that just get, they like just have a tarp they sleep under and no bug netting. And I met a dude like that in Alaska. He's still a friend of mine. John, if you're out there, <laughs> you fucking crazy. Late. This guy hitchhiked from New Hampshire to Alaska. I met him the day I got out of prison in Alaska. He, nice. I, I was walking from the prison to the campsite where all my shit was. And there was this, I was walking down this highway and there was this place called Alaska Land. It was like some bullshit Disneyland thing near in Fairbanks. And I went in there because I saw there was a, a can-can bar, you know, because it was all set up like 1890s gold rush, oh, you know, nice. kind of thing. And there was this bar, and I'm like, I could use a beer, right? I have four, yeah, just four days prison. in prison. <laughs> it's a Johnny Cash song. So I go in there, and the can-can bar and there's one dude sitting at the bar reading a book of alaskan poetry which i didn't even know there was such a thing and that was john and john and i are still friends but uh yeah he had hitchhiked from new hampshire to alaska with a a fucking like a a shower curtain and that's all he had yeah And, and like mosquitoes and all this crazy shit. And I heard shit. the mosquitoes in Alaska are like they're, out of this they're world. They're like helicopters. They're incredible. Yeah, and they swarm. They're terrible. So, yeah, he, he was pretty hardcore. So anyway, you're saying people go ultralight yeah. with just a tarp. And then I've seen, there was a guy named 75 and uh, his name was that because he, he, his pack weighed 75 pounds and he had a, he had a, it's called a tree house and it's like, uses these heavy ratchet straps. It's basically a tent suspended like between three trees tripod style with ratchet straps so you're off the ground yeah that you crawl up into but it's like i think 
people were telling me that that setup of his weighed like 19 pounds, but I don't think, I haven't seen or heard of him in a while. So, so. why is that better than a tent and a thermorest or whatever? I, I, I talked to the guy. He didn't seem like the smartest guy I ever talked to. <laughs> 75 if you're listening i'm sorry sorry Sorry, 75 (laughs) yeah yeah well he's probably not listening yeah now all my listeners are highly intelligent harvard students (laughs) or could be they could be if they wanted to um what the hell were we talking about? Oh, your your the contents of your pack. So you do have a stove. That that's yeah. a commitment. Are you going with the stove or not? Yeah, a lot of people seems like have gotten rid of theirs. Um, I call it going to the dark side. I just love you know it's like a hot meal at the end of the day after hiking thirty miles. It's yeah, like, you know it matters when you're eating your Idahoan, you know dehydrated potatoes. So you got uh, like the the envelopes. You just add a little water and mix it up. Yeah, I try to. The backpacker pantries, when you're doing a trip this long, can add up. So it's like Idahoans, the packets of Spam, packets of tuna, peanut butter, trail mix, um, you know, jerky. Usually it's expensive, though. Mm, Right. But. Yeah. And uh, so what else do you have in there? You got a sleeping bag? You got a. You're you're you wearing Ten. hiking shoes or what are you. Yeah, I just wear. Uh, pretty much everyone wears trail runners. Ah. And it's like. Brooks, Cascadia's are huge. Uh, Ultra is a shoe company that's coming up that's huge. Ah, so um, they're not wearing big hiking boots, no, too heavy. They're, they're heavy. They just, you know, a lot of maintenance. Um, right. And yeah. if your pack's only 30 pounds or something, you don't need all that ankle support yeah. and all that shit. And yeah. you really don't need it, yeah. And I had, a, I had a foot problem before, and it was from shoes squeezing my toes too tight. Mm. And now I have these wide toe box shoes, and, like, you know, your your toes are supposed to have room. Right. You know, like you're walking barefoot. Exactly. So. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at how much we... Yeah, okay. I was looking at the time, make sure we're not... And the batteries. Got to worry about the batteries. Yeah. You, you have... So what electronics do you have with you? Um, a yeah. battery pack. It's like eight ounces. Because I, I, don't, I don't carry maps. <laughs> I just use my phone, which is probably not the smartest idea. Because, like I said, the apps on there, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, you know, there's no guessing, you know. Right. And you is know, the trail well marked? You ever Yeah, it it's really, it's, the PCT is really well marked. Uh-huh. It, it never really disappears. There's been a few times where we've gotten off trail. There was, oh, one time in northern Yosemite, we ended up like three and a half miles off trail. Because we saw some hikers, but they were just day hikers going off on a different trail. And when I looked down so at my phone. Them. Oh, and shit. it was like, you, hey, you guys, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... <laughs> We have to go three and a half miles back. Uh, and, yeah, that was just... And it, northern Yosemite is, like, really rough terrain, and, like, it's just known as, like, the worst mosquitoes on the PCT, so... Oh, really? Yeah, it's not a place you want to do All day or just at dusk? Uh, mainly at dusk, but, mm-hmm. I mean, some days it was, like, yeah, you just took a shower in deet and walked through swarms all day in northern Yosemite. Wow. Yeah. And can you have fires at night? Um, Not in Oregon right now because of the damn drought which uh, really sucks but right. um yeah northern california i think we had a lot of fires um yeah and you i noticed you you say we a lot yeah it's always just hikers i mean i've pretty much just been hiking with other people mostly you know um the most hiking i've done alone has been in oregon the past few days mm. so you sort of hook up with someone and just go a few days with them until you get sick of each other and then you split up yeah towards the beginning i found some dudes that i really liked but they dropped off you know after the sierras Uh like we clicked really well um 
and then yeah ever since then it's like you know you'll find someone you think you click with and then it's like eh, i kind of want to be alone so that's the nice thing about it there's like no bullshit you know it's just like you can totally just you know slow down speed up you don't there's zero bullshit yeah and and again that's you know getting back to relationships I, i that's something i learned traveling in india i met this guy sean um who also is still a friend of mine and i met him in like 87 or something and I think the reason we're still friends is that it was like that. It's like we could hang out together for a while yeah. and then it'd be like, you know what? I'm going to go to Kathmandu. Maybe I'll see you in Delhi and yeah. whatever. And and as long as that's as long as you can do that, then it's easy to to not things don't get ugly. Yeah. And I think it's just And you li- both just kind of if you're both smart about it, you both just know like well, if you feel like going your separate way, that's fine. It's no threat separate- to me. Yeah. That's no insult. I don't it's like need I'll to enjoy get- you if you're around and exactly. I like it, you know. See, I think that's the key to all relationships is yeah. to be able to just be like, "Hey, you know, I want to be alone." And it's and not have it be, "Ah, why? Yeah. What did I say?" People relying on each other way too much. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying you were nervous about this? No, what? I was I was worried I was going to get nervous cuz anytime no. I've had to give like a formal presentation at work or even in college like for no reason at all, I knew like, you know, it's so stupid to have anxiety over, you know, Maybe it's because I'm an only child. I'm not used to being around people or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I was just super, I was like, man, I hope I don't get nervous like I did in college, you know, <laughs> or at work when I had to. But, yeah, this is, it's the it's the formalness of it. Yeah. I think that it's like you can't just sit down and be like person to person. Right. You know, you got to put on this show. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I like about this is, you know, most people, you know, like like you, most people, they haven't done a lot of this and they get like, oh, what's this going to be? But once we start, it's so easy to forget that the machine's even here and the yeah. mics and all that, which can be dangerous because I end up saying shit. It's like, <laughs> did I really say that? Wow. Fuck. Now it's too late. It's out there. Um, but I try to protect you guys. You know, yeah. if you say something that seems really personal, I'll like hit it and say, you sure you wanted to say that? You know, yeah. think about it. Occasionally, I'll edit shit out for people, you know, but not not often. Most people are pretty savvy about what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so, like, so your mother bought you the the beacon. How how do your parents feel about this? Are they um, are they chill? I think I think at first my dad was like, "You're quitting your nice job," you know, because he's he's just been a construction worker his whole life, you know, like that kind of like just like you might hate your job, but you got to do it, you know, kind of mentality. And like, I don't know. I think he was just worried at first, but now I think he really, I haven't talked to him a whole lot, but, um, I, I think he just thinks it's awesome, you know? Yeah. I'm sure he does. There's, I mean, that's one of the coolest things about having kids probably when they do something that you would be afraid to do. And then they're like, you're like, fuck. I admire, I admire that guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Especially at your age, because now he's starting to get his head around you as a man instead of you as a kid. There's always a lag, you know? Yeah. From a parent's perspective, I think. But that's cool. And it and it's not, you know, I mean, it's not like joining the army and, you know, it's not a macho thing. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a very cool way to sort of establish yourself in a way yeah and i know i've heard my dad say before like man if i could i'd live back in like you know wild west times and like Mm. so he's got yeah some sense of adventure yeah definitely and uh how do you think your life's going to be different going forward do you think uh, like is this going to be a before and after kind of thing in your life Uh, you know i don't know all i i think it's going to be really really weird 
the first few days back at home. And I've heard from pretty much everyone that's already hiked the trail, they just say, you know, it's, it is like super weird and you kind of get like a slight form of depression when you get home. But I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to being with my girlfriend and well, fiance now and dog and seeing my family and stuff. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I want to have a big barbecue when I get back. So you're going to go back to Missouri and see everybody, and then are you going to, like, look for a job there, or are you going to head out? Um, hopefully I can find a temporary, like, contract mechanical design job, because I, I enjoy the work as long as it's, like, different, and that was the, it was, like, repetitive, you know, every day, working for a big company, my last job, so hopefully I can find, like, a temporary contract job when I get back. So where do you guys want to live? Do you have a uh, well? Idea? Her her dad was in the Navy, and her mom was uh, an Okinawan, and so we want to move over to Okinawa. Like, oh, it's really? Basically, their version of Hawaii. You know, um, live over there at least for two or three years. You know, Okinawa um, is part of Japan. Right? Yeah, but yeah. it's like so laid back. It's like you know, it's the difference between like New York City and Hawaii for right. us. You know, right? Um, it's like image. It's uh, as far south as Japan goes, basically. Right. It's in between, like, Taiwan and mainland Japan. Wow, that's a pretty uh, detailed plan. Yeah, well, but then I I was just talking to my fiancé, and she was like, yeah, we got to figure out what we're going to do for our honeymoon. You know, that we want to do an actual, you know, traveling. Uh-huh. And so, you know, who knows? I think me doing this makes her, and she sees all of my pictures and stuff, and I think it makes her, you know... You know, get inspired to really want to travel, travel, right. not just, you know, go down to Jamaica for a week and yeah. sit at a resort like so many people do. And Man. You, you could, I mean, yeah, you spend a thousand bucks in Jamaica in a week. How long would a thousand bucks last on the trail? Ugh, a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a month. Yeah, or exactly. More. Just. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I loved about traveling in Southeast Asia was like, yeah, you spend a bunch of money on the flight. Yeah. But then after that. You're there, man. You're there. You just like stretch it, stretch it out, you know? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense to go for a week because then, you know, all that money there. But if you go for three months or a year, it ends up being really cheap. Have you been to Asia? Um, yeah, we went to, I just went to Okinawa for two weeks cause I only had, you know, three weeks vacation right. per year at my last job. So I went over there for two weeks and met her family over there and stuff. And that uh-huh. was, is amazing over there. The North side of Okinawa is just all like rainforest. Really? And, yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine like back in the day when like, you know, there was fighting going on, like going through that jungle, just yeah. bushwhacking through that jungle and stuff. Wow. Yeah, and another cool thing, if you guys do end up living in Okinawa, there are so many great places to travel. Like, yeah, like I, I know I want to go to the Himalayas. That yeah. is, there's a, a trail called the Lower Himalayan Trail, and it runs the whole length of Nepal. And I think there's a pass at like 15,000 feet. Right. So that would be a hell of a time. And apparently you can just do a day pack, and, uh, you know, it's like five bucks. You stay in a little village, and you get a dinner, and... You know, it's five bucks, but over there, that goes a long way. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. Like what you were saying with stretching your money, right, right. I I did that a little bit in Nepal. I didn't. I was planning to do a serious trek, but I cut my foot the first night. I went yeah, up I think the, I remember you saying something. I tell on the Toma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the the dal bat, I remember the food, the dinner you get. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, potatoes and lentils and cauliflower and some sort of gravy sounds like there's actually nutrients in that and it's warm which is nice yeah so the first night 
in the village, I, remember, I said, like, so what do you call this? And he's like, Dal Bot. I'm like, oh, cool, okay. So I'll remember I'll order Dal Bot. I like it, right? <laughs> and then I get to the next village, and they bring you the food, and it's like, oh, it's the same thing. Like, oh, Dal Bot. They're like, oh, yeah, Dal Bot, good. And then, I don't know, like a week or two later, I finally figured out that Dal Bot means food. Oh, it just means food. <laughs> it just means food, and that's what they got, you know? Yeah. And it's always the same thing, at least in the area I was back then. There was no, you know, that was it. Yeah. You know, maybe a little yak cheese occasionally. But. Yeah. I know some people when they go, I've I've just read a couple of blogs and people like tend to like try to stay away from the meat and stuff, just trying to avoid getting sick while you're there. Right. You know, that's a good idea. Yeah. I don't think the USDA is up there. <laughs> Definitely not. All right, dude. So is there anything that I've missed here? Um, is there any like where you were thinking like, oh, I'll tell them about that? Something I- I'm trying to figure out trail names. <laughs> I don't know. Does uh, everybody have a trail name? Yeah, I mean, some people try to fight it, it seems. But, mm. like, trail names are stupid. But then it's just like they get made fun of, you know, for being a stickler, for caring that much about it. And But someone else gives you the trail name and then you stick with yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, like, when you meet people, they're like, hey, I'm, you There know. was a guy named Buttplug. That was that's probably the best <laughs> trail name. You'd think he'd change it, you know? Well, he was with a big group of people in the beginning. Uh, so and so they just, he couldn't, he, no, there was no option. In, but he just got constipated in the beginning and asked his friends for some, <laughs> you know, X-lax or whatever. Uh, that's a funny Buttplug. Yeah, a I, I was kind of jealous of that name. Yeah, yeah. And people run into you years later in a restaurant in New York, like, hey, butt plug. Yeah, and you're sitting there with your boss or something. Exactly. (laughs) Your wife's parents. Oh, hi. Yeah. So your cardboard, what what are some other trail names that you've heard? Uh, Let's see. Flacco. uh, Flacco, skinny dude. Yeah. Yeah. Mowgli is a popular one. Fancy Mm. Feet is a popular one. Uh, Someone with new shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Simba was one. Simba. Uh, there's all, all, all types. Are there a lot of, I mean, are there a lot of women doing the, the wild thing? Um, I don't think they're doing it. I don't know how many. Maybe there's like, clo- they're closeted and they don't want to say like, oh, I got inspired because of wild. But yeah, there's definitely a decent amount of girl, like really tough girls that are doing it. You know? Really? On their yeah. own? Yeah. That's cool. That's not something you see very often. No. And things like this. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, and I'll bet they're tough if they're they're on their own and physically tough. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, uh, like, what do you think physically? Is it, like, super challenging or you can sort of take it at your own speed? And I, Well, there's, I've been saying, like, I'm kind of made up in my mind, like, there has to be an equation for, like, speed, you know, times consistency. It's all, it's like speed and consist- consistency are going to equal your miles, right. basically. And, like, so the older people, they might not be as fast. But, you know, they'll wake up really early and they'll, you know, do 20, you know, by six o'clock at night or something. And, right. And, but I, I can keep like a three and a half mile pace most of the time as long as the trail's not too rough, you know. Right. There were some lava fields we just passed through in Oregon and that was, that was, that was so like rough on my feet that I got a, I got a pinched nerve in my neck and it felt like a wasp was just stinging me. As I'm walking, as I'm walking across the lava field, and as soon as I step off the lava field, it went away. And I guess it was just tense. the trauma from the my feet and that just like horrible rock. Because it's all sharp. Yeah, sharp and then edges. as soon as I stepped off, I was like, "Huh, oh, that went away." I guess it was like the trauma caused by the rock, right. r- real rough terrain, you know. Wow, 
but yeah, I think you just got to be able to deal with, you know, the the sucky times because when it's good, it's really good. You know, like this place was a free place to stay. You know, just donation based. You know, and and but other days, you know, you're like two days through the rain. You know, <laughs> not ri- or by and by yourself, completely yeah. isolated. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when you get to do your thinking. Oh yeah, and no, it's good to be isolated, you know, at some yeah. points. But yeah, all right, cool. Well, listen, thanks for doing this, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad we got to hook up. That's it. Turns out I'm on my way to Timothy, or what? Where am I gone? Timothy Lake. Yeah, I just yeah. stayed there like uh, two nights ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Have you seen these shooting stars? It's the Perseid meteor shower. No, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, this week it's uh, like. 100 shooting stars an hour supposedly holy shit and it's a new moon as well so you won't have the moonlight blocking it out damn yeah so uh, keep your Might eyes i have to cowboy it cowboy the next it. time yeah tonight yeah, exactly yeah all right so nathaniel farmer also known as cardboard <laughs> the trail yeah uh growth plate is your instagram account where yeah. you've, you've put some pretty cool photos i've seen uh I, I started following you, I think, when you emailed me from San Francisco. That's when I realized yeah. you had an Instagram account, and I I, uh, I started following you then. It's been some cool stuff. It's always nice to see something from the trail. Yeah, and it was crazy when you—I was trying to raise money for that charity, and it was just crazy when you gave me that shout-out, because I was like, this isn't going to work. It's like— all these listeners and stuff and I'm sitting there in my cubicle and then all of a sudden I hear my name and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, oh, Monday morning right. sitting there tired as hell, just like, uh, and then all of a sudden I hear my name and I'm just like, whoa, that is weird. <laughs> It'll make your heart like skip a beat, you know? <laughs> they found me. Shit. Um, did you get any money from it? Did anybody send you money? Um, the shout out? No, I don't think, it, <laughs> unfortunately not. So, so it was mind blowing to hear your name, but you yeah. didn't get any money from it. Yeah, I'll be giving the little bit of money I have raised to the charity for sure. Uh, just, oh, that's right. It was for a charity. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, listen, I hope the rest of your life is as uh, satisfying as the last few months have been. Yeah, I don't want this to be the one cool thing I do, you know? <laughs> no, definitely not. This is the first of many, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'll see you down the, down the road somewhere again, I hope. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Nathaniel. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and appreciate your support for the podcast, especially those of you who do it through fundwhatyoulove.com, where you can set it up to take a buck, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you can afford, whatever you feel motivated to throw at the podcast every month. Uh, You don't have to think about it. It's an ongoing thing. You can cancel at any time, of course. That's fundwhatyoulove.com. That's run by Danny Osman, who also does the sound engineering for the show. You can find him at emeraldcitypro.com if you have any engineering, sound engineering needs. He's great. I vouch for him, of course. He's been doing the sound engineering for this podcast for over a year now, completely voluntarily. Uh, he's a cool guy. So if you have any business you want to throw his way, please do. Thanks to Basin and Range for the opening music. You can find them at basinandrangeband.com. Uh, there's a Reddit tangentially speaking discussion group. If you want to talk about episodes, throw a question at me, get a conversation started at Reddit. Just do a search for tangentially speaking, all one word. And, of course, thanks to Bennett at Shore Design T-Shirts, another guy who's been supporting this podcast from the very beginning when I had about 15 listeners. He was there. He's still there. And uh, I love him. Never met the guy. 
but I love them, and I sure as hell love his shirts. So you can get his shirts at SureDesignTShirts.com, and of course, all the shirts that are at ChrisRyanPhD.com are made by Sure Design T-Shirts in Thailand and packaged and shipped to you by my mom, Julie. Uh, Say hi to Julie if you order anything. She loves it when that happens. And of course, last but not least, thanks to Carsey Blanton for the song you're about to hear, Smoke Alarm, which reminds you to carpe fucking diem because you're going to die one day. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel Say what you want to say You're gonna die one day For example, I could kiss you Just because I want to What's the difference if you turn away I'm gonna die one day Why do you waste your time Thinking about your reputation Trying to meet an expectation Wondering what they're gonna say When everyone you've ever known Is headed for a headstone I don't wanna give the end away But we're gonna die one day Your body is an animal Doesn't ask for much A little music and a soft touch Why don't you let it out to play Your heart is in a birdcage Singing in your chest You wanna shut it up but give it a rest You're gonna die one day Why do we waste our time Thinking about a reputation Running from a confrontation Wondering what we ought to say to the ground.